Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. For July, it's you know it's the middle of summer. But we got lots to get to today. We got a special show for you in our second hour, as we're going to relive some of the best moments in Buccaneers history. Uh, Samer Ali is going to join us from the uh, Loose Cannons podcast. He'll join us, and uh, we'll chat about the history of the Buccaneers. We like uh, ask you to chime in as well. Your top five moments, your worst five moments, top five players. Just your uh, what the Bucks have meant to you, the memories that you've had over the years. So we'll have fun with that in our second hour. Of course, we'll talk some Braves baseball. We'll get to some current Bucks stuff. Uh, we got Britney Spears attacking Victor uh, Wembanyama. We got Dame Lillard trying to just decide where the hell he's going to go. What else we got? We got uh, Tom Brady hooking up with Kim Kardashian. Oh my God, the apocalypse is upon us. Uh, good morning to you, Nick Geddes. we got a lot to get to here today. It's TMZ Friday. <laughs> Man, I saw that story yesterday, and I, I looked at Casey. I showed her I showed her my phone, and I said, "How?" I said, what are the chances you think I can keep this one from being on the show tomorrow? And she said, you know JP's definitely going to get fully invested into that story. Oh, hell and yeah. And when you called me this morning as we were going over to talk what we were going to talk about today, of course you brought that up, and I'm like, yep, it's happening. It's definitely happening. Well, my, my celebrity news go-to, the lovely Ashley, says she immediately went to her go-to, which is TMZ. She said, TMZ doesn't have it. It's not true. If TMZ, she says, if TMZ doesn't have it, it is not true. So that is the ultimate arbiter of all celebrity news. And Bar, she says, Barstool can suck it because it, it doesn't matter. If it's not on TMZ, it didn't happen. I don't know. I saw pictures. Did we not see pictures of them together? I don't. I have no idea. I'm not in. I'm not in on the. I'm not in on the TMZ game. I'm not, admittedly, and I think that's a good thing. The more, the less I, the more I stay off of TMZ, I think the better off I am. So yeah. I'm not the go. I am not the go-to person for the gossip. That's for sure. Um. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get into it a little bit because um, uh, there's some people who have some strong feelings. Hey. I would say this: if it was. Last year, if it was last year and he was still playing for the Bucks, I would be it would be a five alarm fire for me. A five alarm fire. <laughs> because she is a wrecker. She's a home wrecker. She's a team wrecker. She's a killer. Uh he went he maybe he was messing around with her last year. Maybe that's what got him in all uh, this the, hot the, water. The, all I, I know, know, the Kardashians are all they're all wreckers. Yeah. Every wreckers. single one Absolutely. of them is wreckers. All right. Um, all right, lots, lots to get into today. We invite your comments, as we always do on Facebook, on YouTube. You can watch us there on Facebook. And don't forget to download our app, FanStream Sports, the easiest and best way to listen to us on the run. Um, so just download that app and just tap that app. Anytime the show will pop up and you can listen to us anytime. You can fast forward, you can rewind, wherever the heck you want. It's all there on, uh, on, the, on the app, FanStream Sports, all one word. Um, all right, uh, let's get into it. Another listless night for your Rays offense, or lack of offense as the case may be. Four hits. 
against a lefty, which, you know, they've been crushing lefties. I don't know, bro. Um, five games in a row they've lost. They're limping into the all-star break. Here comes the hottest team in baseball in the Atlanta Braves. Uh, if they put an ass whooping on this team and send them to the break with uh, eight straight losses, then you're going to push the panic button? I'm hovering. I was hovering yesterday, and I'm damn near touching it right now. I, I need to see what happens on the flip side of the all-star break. If they get swept by the Braves in this three-game series, and that would make eight losses going into the all-star break, and then they come out on the other side of the all-star break, and the same issues that we've seen the last couple weeks are still showing, not going to push the panic button, but my concern meter, which I told you yesterday I was at like a three-point-something, I'll yeah. probably increase that just a bit. Just a well, they, bit, I will, I will increase that. Well, as I've said, you know, I think Tyler Glass now is the linchpin to this season. And tonight he takes the mound to stop a five-game loser, and he's got to come up big. He's got to give – this is going to – you're going to be there tonight, right? Yeah, I'll be in the building tonight. With the posse. And, you know, this is kind of a – I think it's going to be a real playoff-type atmosphere. You know, a lot of people calling this maybe a, a World Series preview – um, obviously, you know, that's uh, that's a possibility. The place is going to be packed. They didn't open the upper deck, though, right? No. That's, that's sad. Should have opened the upper deck. Place is going to be packed. Um, I'll be interested to see how many are Braves fans and how many are Rays fans. I'm guessing it's going to be 60-40, Rays to, Rays to Braves. Yeah, I, I, think we'll, I think we'll comfortably outnumber. I think okay. we will. That's not comfortably outnumbering. Well, I think it's going to be more than 60-40. I'm going 70-30. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think Ray, regardless of what's been going on the field the last few weeks, I think the Rays fans are ready for this series. I think every, how could you not be? How could Better you be. not be ready for this one? I think we're going to have a good presence in the stands tonight. Oh, you spend $90 for an out, outfield ticket, you better, you better bring it. Yeah, I, I, had to get, I had to get standing room only tickets. Really? SROs? Standing room tickets. And those were about 35 a pop, I want to say, for a standing room. So where are you going to be, at center field? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get there early and, and hopefully find a spot over there somewhere in center field, and you know we'll be we'll be drinking and stuff like that. Hopefully, it's a good night. Hopefully, it's a good night. You pre gaming, pre gaming at Ferg's? Mm, maybe not. Like we're going to, after the show today. We're hitting the beach, so we'll be on the beach. So I mean, I guess we'll be pre gaming over there, and then we'll Large make our way pre-game. over to the drop. Okay. All right. I want to see uh, plenty of pictures on the uh, on the show Instagram. So I want you to document the whole thing. We're going to live vicariously through you tonight. <laughs> Up there at the, I'll be watching here from Orlando. Uh, may, might have a couple of pops. Well, we'll make see. make sure you have your Apple TV ready to go, JP. Make sure oh, it get, is Apple TV. Make sure tonight, make right. sure you get the Apple app, and it's it's pretty easy. You, all you got to do is sign in to your Apple ID, and right. you can watch it. And it's going to be two broadcasters. I'm not sure who their names are, but I know Trisha. She does the Friday night games anyway. This is going to be her first Friday night game on Apple TV in the Trop. So you'll still have that kind of hometown flair there on the Apple TV broadcast. But oh, that's just, good. That's but there's good. your disclaimer. And then tomorrow, make sure if you're looking for it, it's going to be on the Big Boy Fox tomorrow, 7.15 on Fox, Rays and Braves. Oh, Big Boy Fox primetime? Big Boy Fox primetime, which I believe that makes two weeks in a row that they're going to be on Fox primetime and three of the last four Saturdays. I should be able to watch that on my phone while I'm at Luke Combs tomorrow night. Yeah, baby. Oh. Yes, baby. Don't bring that up right now. You know how bad oh. I you know how bad I wanted to be at that concert. You should have told me ahead of time. I had to well, take it. It was it late. was the weekend that my friends were all going to the beach, so I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck. 
kind yeah. of stuck. And none then of they a, start, Then they opened the Friday night show, but you were already going to the Braves. Game. I know. I just it didn't work out. It just didn't work out this time. Yeah, very excited about the Luke Combs concert uh, tomorrow night. So looking forward to that. My buddy John Telfer is going. Um, we got a good crew going. Should be lots of fun. Should be lots of fun. So it's going to be a hell of a weekend in Tampa. You got the Braves. You got two Luke Combs concerts. Braves and Rays. Two Luke Combs concerts. I think there's other shenanigans going on too. I'm not sure, but. Um, all kinds of stuff going on in Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, all right, so last night, uh, you know, again, a hodgepodge of pitchers. They used eight pitchers last night. Yep. Eight true bullpen last day. night. A true bullpen. A day. true bullpen. They have to go extra innings, go 11 innings. And, you know, where I think where they really lost this game was the bottom of the 10th. You got to get that runner over and get him in. They're, they're, that was their opportunity to get to get it done, and they just didn't get it done. All of a sudden, this team, which was so good in runners in scoring position, they just can't buy a big hit right now. Even in the ninth inning when Wander Franco came up to the plate, and I'm just like, all right, Wander, this is your moment. Yep. This is your moment. And he had a hell of an at-bat, and unfortunately he wasn't able to get one down. And then with extra innings, but you have all those chances. You have the advantage with the runner on, on second, um, and they just could not get anything home. And that's kind of been what we've seen from this race team. I just didn't have much confidence. I saw a lot of – this team's striking out way too much right now. That's right, one of the other exactly. things I'm noticing. I'm seeing a lot of long swings, and I'm seeing a lot of guys who are striking out that just don't have much confidence at the plate. And it, it's really alarming. I don't know if you want to – I know you'll use that word. It's alarming. but It is alarming. It's just it, – it sucks when you have a whole lineup that's just all going through it at one time. And, you know, it, there's, there's always – like I've been saying, there's always a stretch throughout the season where it happens. We've reached the, the point of frustration with this season. And, you know, it was inevitably going to come, but it just it looks a lot like last year's team around this time. It yeah, really, said, really does. I said that yesterday, and it's just, you know, the constant strikeouts. And these guys have just – listen, it was such a difference early in the season. You know, you saw Yandy going the other way, a Rosarena going the other way. Wander, you know, has always done that. Guys were just taking their hits where they could get them, you know, hitting the ball where it's pitched, cutting down their swings. It was just – it was just – it was and – the, and the lineup was turning over. It was relentless. And now you see Randy swinging out of his shoes, you know, pulling his head. You know, they got, you know, Brandon Lau back in there. Awful. Um, you know, everybody just seems to be, you know, you, you hit 10 home runs, you hit seven home runs, you hit nine home runs, everybody's hitting home runs. And then you start, it start creeping into your mind when you start going on a little bit of a dry spell, which a lot of them have. You can't start to try to manufacture home runs. You got to just stick to what you were doing and let them come naturally. And, you know, they just haven't been able to do it except for uh, Itzak Paredes, who um, let off the six with a homer last night, his 15th of the year. I think we have some sound on that just to try to remind us what it sounds like for the Rays to actually score a run. We could, we could play that, just to, some music for my ears. Of the rubber. There's a shot back into deep left. That ball's got a chance to go. And and meanwhile, the pitching was fantastic for the Rays. Yeah, it was fantastic. They the pitching no no issues with that last night. Even Ryan Thompson in the eleventh inning, he gives up the RBI to Schwarber. Um, I know he hit a guy, but that pitch that Schwarber hits into right field, my God! I mean, it's off the plate in you know on the opposite side, and he pulls it. That's just good hitting right there. And then um, who was it that came up next? Uh, Trey Turner, um, you know, kind of inside-outed one 
that was on the you know on the black on the inside. So yeah, that, that that's the most frustrating part though, because yesterday I I told you whenever we gave up all those runs, I said I'm not really concerned because those three guys are not going to be pitching by the time we get to October. And last night we went through every single guy who's going to be in this bullpen in October, from Armstrong, Stevenson, yep. Deekman, Kelly, Adam, Fairbanks, and Poche. And then eventually they had to turn it over to Ryan Thompson, who if you, I think the Ryan Thompson era in Tampa Bay is coming to an end pretty, pretty soon, if we're going to be honest. But for those, for those other guys, though, to make it through 10 innings and just give up one run, and I know Deekman gave up the home run, but like you said, that was, just, that was a really good pitch. Yeah, it's a really good pitch. It was just a great yeah. piece of hitting, so I don't fault Deekman for that, who's been fantastic. That's the part that really sucks is I, w- I saw bullpen day, and I went, oh, Lord, we're doing a bullpen day against a super yeah. hot team that's won 11 on, in a row on the road. They're, just had 17 hits the night before. Exactly, and I'm just like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a test, but they answered it. So, I mean, if you're looking for something good from last night, the bullpen really, really came to play, and unfortunately, they got one run of run support against a starter who, forgive me, I didn't know that dude even existed until yesterday. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. In all respect to him, I'm trying to even remember his name now. I don't even remember his name, JP. Who um, was who, What is it? the game yesterday. Um, Sanchez was his last name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Christopher, Chris, Christopher Sanchez. And he goes six innings, only strikes out two guys. So the Rays were, were able to put the bat on the ball early in the game. But then they just go through these spells. And I think I saw on Twitter, I think Evan Klosky might have put it out there. Eight of their nine game, eight of their last nine games, they've at least had one stretch in every game where they have they have uh, gone five innings straight without scoring a run. That's that's yeah. just that sums it up right there. They just they go through a super dry spell through every game right now, and they're just not helping their pitching staff out. They're just not helping them out at all, especially when they really need it. And yeah, I mean, yesterday I was trying to say well, I wasn't all concerned, but then you put out that effort last night. It's they're just brutal losses. They are absolutely brutal losses. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, at this point, you, you want to say, what are they going to do at the deadline? But the bottom line is the guys they have now have got to get it done. You know, uh, yes, you can add some pitching, but offensively, um, you know, you bring in another bat, which, I, I, you know, you can go find somebody. Uh, absolutely. Try to get some, some legitimate power. Um, not that, you know, the guys on this team aren't legitimate power guys, but for the most part, get a guy who's a – a 35 home run guy. They, listen, they're not they're not easy to find. I get it, and they cost money. But this is the time well, to spend money. And they got a lot of guys too. And I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but they do have a lot of guys in Durham who are really tearing the cover off the baseball right I now. Know. And if on most one. teams, on most teams around the big leagues, I think those guys would have gotten a chance, and they haven't to this point. And I'm just wondering, you know, at some point, do they try to turn to one of those guys and hope they get hot right away, just to give them some extra help? I mean, I'm thinking about a like a Curtis Meads, a guy I would point out. I mean, a Kyle Manzardo is a guy I point out. I, I'm not. I, I'm tempted to not even say Aranda's name because I just, for whatever reason, I, or I, mean, I know the reasons, but I just don't think he's going to get the call up here. And I'd have to think he's probably on the trade market. And if you want to go get some more guys on the trade market, and you know it's going to be expensive. Having a slide right now in July, maybe that is like a sign to the front office to go. I guess we really got to be aggressive now. At the deadline, maybe the slide. I'm not. I mean, I didn't want the slide, but can I say maybe it's a blessing in disguise? If you're one of those people that wants to see them mad, that yeah. it's happening right near the deadline, so they're going to be more yeah. incentivized to go do something. A- absolutely, this is you know you want to see your weaknesses now, right? Yes, I'd rather have this you, in July. Yeah. I'd rather have this in July. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, and it was absolutely unrealistic to expect this team to continue at the pace that it was. So now they've cooled off, and now you see where the weaknesses are. And, you know, this is, like, it's great to have every defender out there be a plus defender. I, I get it. But when you're losing games like this, you got to go find some offense. you got to go find some offense that you don't have. And, and one, one big bat in the middle of that lineup is going to thicken everything up, uh, move other guys down probably where they should be, um, you know, I know you want to, you know, keep putting your hopes into into Brandon Lau that he's going to turn it around and be that guy and be that catalyst. I'm, I'm giving up on him. I'm I've giving. Up on I'm him. giving him until the week or so after the All Star break. I'm giving him until then. If 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 we come out of the All Star break, okay, and Brandon Lau is is still slumping and stuff like that, um, then I'm. I think I'm probably going to. I'll push my I'll push my panic button on Brandon Lau then. I'll do it then. Be too late. It might be, be too, too late. late. I don't know, but I'm giving him hope because listen, I mean, since he's come back, he's he's got what three hits. He's gotten on base about four or five times in two games, so he seems like he's been okay. He wasn't in the lineup yesterday, obviously against the lefty. I'm sure yeah. he'll be back in there tonight against Charlie Morton. Let's see. I, I'm 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 cautiously waiting and seeing right now with Brandon Lau, but I'm going to give him to right after the All Star break. All right, uh, do we have some Kevin Cash we want to share? And I think he, you know, he said if last night was his first sign that he's starting to uh, get a little worried uh, about what's happening and a little annoyed too, I might add. So let, let's let's hear from Kevin Cash. I guess we'll start with the offense. It was a game where pitching really dominated the entire game on both sides, but just four hits and 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. What were you seeing from the at-bats against the Phillies? Just that Sanchez got in a good rhythm. He, he threw the ball well for him. Uh, and then their bullpen came in, was pretty electric all the way to the very end with Strom. Um, just, you know. You got to give them credit. They made big pitches. We didn't probably have our best at bats, but you watch them from the side. They're executing pitches, throwing them where they want, and mixing speeds really well. It's kind of a recipe for for quieting down an offense. And then the bullpen was your bullpen was obviously very good throughout the game, but maybe Ryan Thompson. We talked about him trying to get a feel right now. What were you seeing? Yeah, from him? look, that's a tough spot for Thompson. I mean, generally we try to pin him on uh, as many righties as possible. They don't have many in that lineup. Uh, still, I mean, you go you go back and looked like he was throwing the ball really well, and then the two-two pitch to Stubbs that hit him, it, it kind of a little bit unraveled right there. He still has the ability to get out of it. Got a ground ball from Schwarber. Just found a hole, uh, and then Turner opened it up with his base hit. It's gonna say, did it look like Schwarber just kind of went down and got that pitch? Not a, a little bad bit, pitch from Ryan. yeah. I mean, not a bad pitch from from Thompson at all. Uh, just a really good hitter that we try not to have lefties face those guys very often, but we were kind of that's where our bullpen was. Just, just obviously, your track record against lefties has been really good. I just yeah, probably felt pretty good about yeah. the chance. I mean, I felt good this entire stretch. We just uh. We just haven't got it done, uh, but yeah, I mean, Sanchez threw the ball well. I don't what separates him from anything. Personally, I think that's probably a little bit more on us. We're just not doing it. Yeah, well, you said before the game, it just things are not coming easy, right? Yeah, now. I've said that for about 15 games now. Yeah. Yes. It's still not coming easy, right? No. The performance of your bullpen before the 11th, I mean, 13 strikeouts, no walks, the first 10 innings, and that was pretty much what you were looking for. Oh, man, everybody that, I mean, from Armstrong to Diekman to Stevenson to uh, Kevin Kell, everybody came in there and really was pretty outstanding. When we're talking about giving up a solo homer um, to a left-hand hitter off Diekman on his first pitch slider, 
we're going to take that that performance every day of the week. Yeah, right. That I mean, that side of it couldn't have gone really any better. Right. The first ten innings, season seven guys, right? Yes. He said piecing it together. Yeah, they did a really good job. Yeah, I've been saying that for about fifteen games now. Um, so yeah, I think Cash is getting a little miffed. Um, I mean, short short of bringing up Aranda, which I think at this point is, you know, but who goes if Aranda comes up? Who goes? That, who that's out? that's the really tough part, and I I wonder if they want to get aggressive. Because um, I've been saying, I think Jonathan Aranda is blocked by two guys right now in the lineup. And I think that's Luke Rayleigh, and I think that's Harold Ramirez. And I'm going to zero in more on Harold Ramirez because Luke Rayleigh has the flexibility to play first base. I think he's, a, I think he's been surprisingly pretty good in the yeah. outfield as well. And, of course, his bat. He's been one of the guys that I think through this tough stretch has been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. But Harold Ramirez, he's starting to cool off right now. Yeah. Right? Remember, there was all those kind of rumblings, maybe. I don't know if there was any truth to them, but I know fans were kind of talking about it. But, you know, could they have moved off Harold Ramirez in the, in the offseason? And they obviously elected to bring him back. He got off to a hot start, but now he's starting to slump again. He kind of slumped last year, if you recall, in the second half of the season. Yeah. I wonder if that's a move potentially they make. Just a little minor move to trade Harold Ramirez, and obviously not for major compensation, but just to open up a spot. Mm-hmm. For one of, I think that's the best shot you have at the moment. If you want to see Jonathan Aranda in the big leagues, you, I think moving off Harold Ramirez is probably the way to do it. And I don't think that's out of the question, to be honest. I really don't. And Harold needs to get a little, uh, you know, I don't want to trade him just yet. He needs to get a little back twinge, a little hammy, go on a 10-day, get Aranda up here, you know, and see what he's got. See what he's got because, you, you know, that's, you know, right after the All-Star break, maybe make it happen and just kind of you know get him settled in and see if he can add some punch to this lineup. Because those numbers in AAA in, in June were just ridiculous. They are. It's what I'm saying. It, it, almost every other team in the big leagues saved the Braves and saved the Rays for what the situation it's in and, and maybe a couple others on one hand. That guy would have been up already, probably in May, Yeah. if we're being honest. I mean, that's and just kind of where also, we're at. And I think, you know, this, this hot start is, you know, it's a blessing and it's a curse. Obviously, it's a blessing because it gives you a great cushion, uh, which is down to four games, by the way, over the Orioles who just blasted the— Yeah, because the, the uh, Yankees can't do anything right, you know? Yeah, it was 14-1 to 1 last night? Jesus. Yeah. Um, so you, you, get, you have that cushion, but it's also a curse in that it makes you feel a little fat and happy, right? Like, you're not—you don't want to push the panic button, but, you know, you've lost five in a row. You've lost— 14 of your last 24 mm-hmm. it, it's bad it just hasn't been good for a while and you know i think things need they need to shake things up and bringing brandon Lau back is not my idea shaking things up well it's something again i mean like i said he's had four hits he's had three hits four hits whatever it is since he's come back he's gotten on base five times i i'm couple of flares i don't care Carol, i don't care maybe. i don't care how it gets down i just care that it gets down okay but no, and with the Braves coming in, by the way, I don't think I can un- I can oversell this enough of how hot this team is right now, and how great oh, they are. Yeah. Not just good, yeah. they are great. And I I saw this yesterday. They've won eighteen of twenty. I didn't even realize this. They've won yeah. eighteen of twenty games. Eighteen of twenty. And the two games they've lost was the Ellie De La Cruz cycle game, where the Braves had a five nothing lead in the first. Yikes. And the other loss was when they lost an extra innings after tying the game in the ninth. They are that close to being on a 20-game win streak, well, the Atlanta Braves you look are. At, look at how their team is constructed, by the way. 
And, you know, look at where their payroll has gone, too, since they got the new stadium and the battery and everything else around it. Wink, wink, uh, raise. Which is something we never talk about, by the way, when we talk about the stadium. It's always about how much money Stu's going to get, not how much money could come into the team that would help run the team into the future more money for payroll, right? We make it a better team if you're in Tampa because there's more long-term revenue. That's indisputable. Um, but we never talk about, about that for some reason, which is ridiculous. It's one of the main reasons the Braves are where they are. You know, the Braves were a middling team for a long time. They get the new stadium. They get uh, their, their revenues jump by $134 million in the first year alone. And they put all that money, what, into their payroll and their players and sign all these guys to long-term contracts. Wouldn't that be nice for the Rays to do that? They ain't going to do that in St. Pete. Well, I mean, Trust a lot me. of the guys that they have, the best the best guys on their team for the most part, the Acunas of the world, the, the Ozzie Albies of the world, the, uh, the Striders of the world, the Elders, you can go on and on and on. A lot of these guys, they just drafted, developed, signed, whatever it is. Yeah. So and they, they already had him in place. Term. They got him to really good contracts, and they supplemented yeah. it with, you know, the Matt Olson move, the Sean Murphy move. Uh, yeah, and look at those moves right there. Those are moves the Rays didn't and make because they, they won't and pay And the when money. they won the World Series in 2021, they didn't go and get an elite guy, but they sup- they added three solid big leaguers in Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Duvall. Soler obviously went on to win the World Series MVP. I think you forgot MVP. somebody. I think you forgot somebody. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's pitching tonight against oh, the Rays. Oh, you're talking about. That'd be Charlie Morton oh, that we wouldn't man. resign for $15 million that they did. Charlie's still, like, oh, he's still going yeah. strong. Yeah, that, that's right what I was going to bring up. I mean, And it doesn't help the fact that the way this series is lined, you have a, an offense that, quite frankly, is just dead right now at the plate. Right. And yeah. now you get Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, and Bryce Elder. Good luck. Now the Rays are putting out Glasnow, Taj, and Eflin. So... In normal, in normal circumstances, I like the Rays' chances, but I would take Morton, Strider, and Elder over that trio right now. And I don't know, I don't have much confidence that the Rays are going to have much offense against those dudes. Now, normally, I would say, you know, hey, the the Rays will rise to the occasion. But you know, here the Phillies were no joke, right? And the and the park was was popping. They had good crowds for the Phillies. They, you know, it's a team that they need to get up against. Now, I'll say this. The Braves take it to another level. It's going to be, you know, packed to the gills tonight. It's going to be a, a playoff atmosphere, and this is when the Rays are at their best. So I'd like to say, you know, they, they play down to their competition and they play up to the competition, right? When the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, they get up and they play their best baseball. Maybe this is what they need to wake their ass up. They need, you know, and, and, and not for nothing, not for nothing. Okay, but what happened last year that sent this team into a tailspin at the end of the year? The Wander, I mean the uh, the Randy and Yandy dust up, right? So a week, you know, we we went through um, was it probably a month ago where Topkin wrote the Wander's not behaving correctly article, right? But three weeks ago, about a month ago, and then. Things continue to go that to go south so much so that they had to suspend Wander Franco, right? Uh, so all this has happened. Him being a bad teammate in the last month, and where has this tailspin come? In the last month, you know, you might say it's coincidence. You might say it's coincidence, but you know, we just see it from the surface. And again, for the Rays to make the extraordinary moves of a making it public in the press with the Topkin article, 
and then B, suspending him, imagine how bad it's been. And this team has gone into a tailspin at the same time. So we may want to just sweep it under the rug. No big deal. JP, you're making too much of it. Okay. All right. Timing, coincidence, tailspin, fractured uh, clubhouse. Last year, this year, let's ignore it. Just ignore it. Let's ignore it. All the signs point to there's issues, but let's ignore it. Right? Kind of like the cocaine in the White House. Where did this come from? I don't know. Anybody around here doing any blow? Anybody know anybody that lives here now that does a lot of blow? Anyone? No? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Might be his. He doesn't get checked. Nah, nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. Wait on, it just showed up. Like Wander suddenly goes crazy and is not behaving well. Bad teammate, and we're ten and fourteen since all those shenanigans started. We could just sweep it under the rug. It's fine. Nothing to see here. But I mean, I, I was never the one that was sweeping under the rug, but. I do. Yeah, I, I know you weren't, but a lot of a lot of Rays fans do want to do that. We're not allowed to talk about that. It sounds but, very similar to what what goes on in our but, country. But I also don't talk about it. Shh. But I Shut also up. nothing to see here. But I also don't necessarily agree that the two are hand in hand. I I mean I'm I not, personally I'm don't. not saying I, like I like I've been effect. saying there are there are reasons for why they're just not performing at the plate right now. There are other reasons that we can point to. Fatigue, they've played more games, they went they Absolutely. were they were just all hot at the same time for over two months, and of course at some point you're gonna come crashing back down to earth. And even in June, when we didn't think they played their best baseball, they still made out of there with a sixteen and ten record, which was right. the best in the American League. I mean, their slides up until this point now where this is their first time getting swept, their first five game losing streak of the season, there was nothing where I was going, Oh wow, this team is like like they're losing. They're, they're like losing two or three, four series in a row or something like that. It wasn't like that. Right now is the first time where we're really going through it, and this is on the the flip side of the, or on the other side of these these wander issues, where you talked to me. Other all the other players are there supporting them. They've all said the right things, and it sounds like him and Randy, whatever was there, was gone is gone right now. So I don't necessarily agree. I think you know they happen at the same time. I understand that's that can be a. Uh, a take it can be coincidence. It could, sure. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to err on the side of coincidence right now with that. Well, I, I would normally agree with you, except we saw the same thing happen last year, and the team took a freaking nosedive right into the playoffs. Well, I think last year was more. I think that was more of a serious issue. Personally, we, from, where, mean, from, let's, where, let's, from where let's ha- from where from where it from when it happened, from how the team, the makeup of the team last year. With all the injuries they had at that time, we knew the Rays were not really a player when they got into the postseason. I think we all kind of expected that, right? Now, I didn't expect one run in 24 innings, but I didn't expect them to really go far in the playoffs. And I think well, that situation kind of just toppled everything, the well, timing of you, it. You say you know they had injuries. Yeah, Yandy Diaz didn't play for 10 days because of why. You know, uh, We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Well, just happened to coincide with the altercation, but he was gone. And he was, and as we know, the catalyst to the offense. That's all I'm saying. Listen, I'm not saying cause and effect. I'm just saying that last year it happened. This year we have some behavioral issues again. 
and it happens to coincide yeah, I, with the I team get it. tanking. It's just, it's just that the, the camaraderie between the team and, you know, the I, I guess the, the brothership-type nature of the team that I've seen, to me, drastically outweighs a, a singular issue with a player, in my opinion. I don't think it's somewhere that's spread to everybody. I don't see any of that with this team. I still think this is a very close team. There's, unfortunately, they just can't get out of their own way right now. As the uh, eloquent and intelligent R.J. Martin likes to, uh, says here, was just saying that, I think Wander's issue was the pinnacle of this team's struggles. Look, hopefully they get to the other side of it, but, you know, right now it's it definitely, you know. By, by the way, I will say, I, I saw, I can't believe I even have to bring this up, but again, because, you know, people just say things on Twitter that just make no sense. Shocker. Yes, but, a lot of that. I saw people yesterday going after Kevin Cash, you know, for for some of his decisions and things, and it's like, you know, can we, if of all people to point the finger at, can we can we lay off of Kevin Cash, please, please? Well, I, well, what no, what what is Kevin Cash? What can Kevin Cash? What more can the guy do right now? Well, what specifically were they having an issue with? Uh, issues with certain so with certain guys coming in out of the bullpen at certain times. And I think there was a moment last night where they had an opportunity to pinch hit Margot for Luke Rayleigh um, against a righty late in the game, and they didn't do it. Uh, just things like that. But a lot of I just feel like this fan base, though, for whatever reason, like we all would acknowledge that Kevin Cash is the best manager in baseball, right? I would, yes. But I yes. think there's a segment, not not an overwhelming majority, but a minority of fans who every time something goes wrong with this team, they love to point fingers at Kevin Cash. And I think that's just very unfounded. I mean, if you can't see the amazing managerial job the guy's doing with this team and what he's done since he's been here, this is the best manager the Rays have ever had. He's a two-time manager of the year award winner. And some people just, I saw that yesterday, and I'm just surprised. But I think this is what people do. You know, things are all going wrong, and they want to point the finger at everything. But Kevin Cash is the last person I'm going to here. I don't know what you want the guy to do. Yeah, I, I would point the finger at the players first and foremost. The the players are the ones, especially in baseball, managers. You think you, you know, think they, Kevin Cash wanted to have to? He just admitted that there when we spoke to him. You think he wanted to go to Ryan Thompson in that moment? No, no. he had no other option. He used every yeah. single guy he had left in the bullpen. If that game would have kept on going, Ryan Thompson was, it was going to be the Ryan Thompson show the rest of the night. Um. Yeah, he's got to be. Agree with, you think he's going in there not expecting his offense to score in the tenth? No. No, but now were they were they saying, "Hey, bunt him over, get him in"? You know, I, look, that that's long not been the Rays' mo. And I'm trying to think who was up, uh, who let off the tenth inning. Um, I have to go back and look. Uh, but you know, it's you get an opportunity there. You got you you, you hold the other team scoreless in the top of the tenth. You're the home team. You got to win the game right there. You got to execute. And this is, this is one problem I think that is a weakness in the Rays game with the new rules is they just don't bunt. They don't like to bunt. They, th- they just they hate bunting. And in that situation, I've seen a lot of other teams lay it down, get the guy to third, get him in with a sack fly. It happens a lot. And it's not something – I know the Rays have done it a couple times, but it doesn't seem to be their M.O. when it comes to getting it done. And in that situation, I want to see some execution. If you if they if you can get through that tenth, the top of the tenth, you got to run around second. Let's get him in, and they just send their guys up there to strike out. Um, I don't like it. I mean, if, if and it's that I don't even know if that's a cash thing. By the way, I think that's an organizational thing. They just don't like bunting. 
They don't like they don't, they don't believe in sacrifices even in that situation. And I think that's a little bit of of um, of mismanagement. If, if I'm gonna, and again, I don't know if that's on cash. I think it's more of an organizational thing. And you know, it also is a situational thing. Who's coming up? Are they good bunners? Can they get the job done? And and can the other guys get the get the guys in? Did you? Who was it? Are you looking it up? I'm trying to figure out who it was last night because I know there was a when uh when Kimbrel came in, and I'm trying to remember last night because I watched for full disclosure, I watched the end of this game in a bar last right. night, and after our softball game. Which, by the way, side note. I haven't updated you on softball lately, but we've won three of our last four and won our first playoff game yesterday, so holla at wow. your boy right there. But we wow. went to the bar to celebrate, so I was watching this game, and I think it was it might have been when Strom was in there. Yeah, it would have been Strom because it was the 10th and 11th. Was it, I think it was the bottom of the lineup, if I'm not mistaken, that had to come up. Yeah. Um, got, so even more, you know, even more of an opportunity to get, get the bunt down and get them in. Um, you know, if you got your, the top of your lineup, I can see just going out there and trying to hit them in. I get that. But the bottom of the lineup, let's, you know, let's get them over and get them in. I, uh, I, I can see that criticism. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, RJ says, I'm not blaming the Wander issue on the team's failures, but in saying that, this team seems to be having fun before the Wander situation, and now it feels like nobody's having fun on that team. It kind of feels that way, but then it's you know then it's the old chicken and the egg argument, right? RJ is like, are they not having fun because they're losing? Is Wander having behavioral issues because they're losing, and it, it's not as easy as it was early on in the in the year? Wh- which is it, you know? And 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 I do think this though, when you do get into funks and guys are not you know being professional about it and, and they're acting well, out, it's not that it's just that's not, an issue. It's not fun, obviously, when you're when you're just completely in a funk at all at the same time right now. I don't. I don't know. I don't see that really. I, I. I think those are kind of other things we try to point to and look at. But I think it's to me these are all on the field issues that I'm seeing. This is a great point by Lonnie. Actually, I know JP. You're not a. You're not a uniform guy, but the Rays are undefeated on Friday nights at the Trop. Wow, we need some double Rays mojo. I mean, I've been. I've been preaching for it. Get rid of the. Get rid of the. Uh, please get rid of the sunburst for crying out loud. I can't take it anymore. I, I can't. I can't take it. It's the worst uniform in baseball. That that wimpy, that wimpy Columbia blue with the stupid starburst, sunburst, whatever. That's sitting here in the corner. It's awful. Yeah, it makes. It looks a like a. Look. It looks like a spring training jersey. It sucks. Stop wearing it. I beg of you, Rays. The Devil Ray jerseys. They're like eight and zero in on Friday nights this season. They don't lose. They, they don't lose. Some, they need some Devil Rays mojo tonight. Let's bring Bogsy and McGriff back. And get them in the house. Throw out the first pitch tonight. Please. Uh, and we'll get some good mojo going. All right. Um, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we got to get into, you know, the TMZ stuff. KK and Tom Brady. What's going on? Inquiring people want to know. Um, oh, I have to tell you, I have a golf story from my uh, Wednesday outing I forgot to hit on you. We haven't talked about the ESPN layoffs yet either because I want to get to that story uh, and some of the outfall from that. And also, uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, Samar Ali is going to join us from the Loose Cannons podcast. We're going to do a whole hour on Bucks history and obviously talk about this Bucks team coming up this year as well. So get your, your top five best moments, uh, worst moments, uh, best players, worst players, fun stories, whatever you got. We're going to do all Buccaneers in the uh, 11 o'clock hour for our theme show. Um, big thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, the Bay Area Modern Medical Center, for bringing us the first hour 
of today's show. Please, if you have any legal issues, go to the Jeeves Law Group and contact them. Tell them JP sent you. And if you're looking for some nutritional advice, lose weight, just get healthy, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Back in three. Moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had. It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability. Not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. 
Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just... Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. As uh, we head towards 11 o'clock, uh, Samar Ali from the Loose Cannons Podcast is going to join us. We're going to talk some Bucks history. Have a whole hour of all Bucks talk this year's team, history of the Bucks. If you want to chime in with your favorite memories, top five moments, worst five moments, best best players. I mean, I have a couple of interesting selections. I've gone off the board on a couple of them, you know, just for uh, conversation's sake more than anything. So we'll have some fun with it in our uh, second hour. All you Buck fans, uh, join us here on this Friday because we're getting close, man. We're getting close. I mean, Bucks report in three weeks. I'm itching. Three weeks, less than three weeks. I am absolutely itching to get there. Cannot yeah. wait. Which, by the way, did you see this story? Not to, like, go deep on this because I just read it, but I'll just bring it up anyway, that – uh, Demar Dotson, I guess, was arrested. 
Demar Dotson? Yes. What happened? I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it up exactly. I just saw this. Uh, he's facing first degree misdemeanor battery charge after being arrested in Tampa last week. Uh, ordered by the judge to surrender all firearms to police while the case is pending. So, looks like details coming out from this. But yes, Demar Dotson was arrested last week in Tampa. Oh my God! Like he's the most. He's the gentle giant. It says here, I'm reading to Greg Allman's Twitter, Dotson slapped a woman in the face after a verbal argument escalated, according to the arrest report, and after she slapped him back, he hit her again with a closed fist, knocking her to the ground. Victim had a one-inch laceration on her face and a black eye, per the report. Oh, my God. I, you know, we've got to get the context of that because that is not the DeMar Dotson I know. I didn't think so. Um, Obviously, you would know DeMar a lot more than I would, but he always seemed like a very mild, kind of mannered guy. But you never know with everybody, obviously. Yeah, and also you don't know the situation. Um, You know, I'm not going to – it's just I'm not going to cast dispersions on either party right now. We don't know the whole story. But that's very, very much out of character for him. And that's just the uh, police account from the woman – um, you know, so or maybe some witnesses. I don't know. I'd have to do some more research. I'm just simply saying, you know, that's not like him. That's very unlike him. So uh, I would definitely want to get some more context on on that. Um, want to thank uh, the good folks at the Golden Diamond Source uh, for supporting our program, Julie and Steve Weintraub. Great folks over there. If you're looking to get engaged this summer. No other place to go than Golden Diamond Source. They have the best selection, they have the best staff, and they will work within your budget to find you something. They've got five years of 0% financing going on right now, so you can get a huge ring for about 80 bucks a month. So uh, if you don't have the cash right now, you can go ahead and buy it and finance it over the next five years interest-free. So that's a great way to get that big ring. If you've uh, been thinking about popping the question, don't be scared. Go do it. Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Omerton Road. Um, all right, so we got to get into this a little bit. So uh, yesterday I see on Barstool Sports, Tom Brady and Kim Kardashian, yes, that Kim Kardashian, were seen together um, intimately, some would say, uh, at the Michael Rubin. I don't know who Michael Rubin is. Evidently, he's the, yet. He's, the found, he's, he's, he's on my shit list, honestly. He's the, uh, the founder of Fanatics. So, oh, is he really? He's not my favorite. He's not my favorite dude because I think his merchandise sucks. But uh, yeah, that Michael Rubin. Now maybe he needs to get uh, Kim Kardashian's uh, sweatshops getting to work uh, for him and make some better stuff <laughs> over there. Um, what? Uh, what? So he he hold, I guess he holds these big parties on in the Hamptons. Yep. Uh, that I have not been invited to, and I'm shocked. Oh, what a shame! By that. Yes. Um, and so. Brady and Kim Kardashian were hanging out. Again, Ashley says it's not on Team TMZ. It's not well, true, it was but on, Barstool Sports has it. It was on Daily Mail originally. Daily and Mail Daily is the Mail. one. Oh, well, there you go. And didn't Daily Mail, again, isn't Daily Mail like the TMZ of, like, Europe? Yeah, and they, they kind of were with us in uh, leading the way on the reporting on Brady's um, personal life through the divorce and all that stuff. So, um, yes. And so we got multiple publications now. I saw El Presidente on uh, on Instagram saying, "Stay away from my my Tom Brady guy," but his career's over. So look, I I think it's I think it's very on brand for Brady. You know, get into a faux relationship here and promote all your products. They can be a, a power couple together. 
But you know, I, I the only thing that's funny. The only thing that's funny about it is after the whole Kardashian and, and Kanye West split, there was like actual like odds of who was going to be the next person to date Kim Kardashian. And if you had Tom Brady at plus twelve hundred, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird about these prop bets. Is like, what? How do you? What's officially dating? Like how? Like how is that determined? I, I listen. I I don't know. And I and I frankly I could care absolutely less about what Tom Brady is doing in his personal life. Hasn't this man had enough? Yeah. Can we just let him go? Just let him no. go. He can do no. his. He's he's enjoying his time with his family. He's with his kids. He was out in I, I think it was Greece or he was somewhere in Europe. You know, jumping off yachts and and crap like that. He's having a great time. And then he gets caught at you know how these things go. He's at a party, yeah. and it could be, all all it could have been was a conversation. I don't know if they've met before or what, and it could have just been a simple conversation for all we know. Who knows? What a power couple gossip. that would be, huh? Needless what? gossip. How interesting would that be? Those two hanging. I don't out. think it'd be that interesting at all. You think? It, I think it's. A, I think it's a, sh- a little shot over the bow to Giselle. You know, she's, she's been kind of public with her stuff. Maybe it's like all right. Get you some Kim Kardashian. I mean, I, I was more interested in the other Brady story that him and Giselle lost forty-eight million off this whole FTX. FTX. They lost forty-eight million, is what well, they said. Well, they also yesterday. got paid thirty million. Well, we still. What is that? Eighteen million? Then they lost. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> cry me a river. How I mean, they'll, they'll the be people, o- they'll be okay. How much did the people? Uh, how much did the regular people lose who took him at his word that this was a good investment? And someplace they should put their money. I'm much more worried about those people than Tom and Giselle. Those are the people that need to be uh, compensated, not not Tom and Giselle. Uh, so I, I never, you know, I never thought that that um, that got enough play. To be quite honest with you, I think that 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 was, you know, and again, it's it's not like Tom did you know did the research on this stuff and and you know, but. It's still it's if you're going to get paid 15 million to pimp something, your people need to do some deep dives into what's going on, and whoever is charged with doing that for him, his management team failed him miserably, failed him miserably. But anyway, good luck to you with uh, with with KK. That ought to be fun. Um, let's see what Pete Davidson has to say about that. Oh there might gosh. be a few jokes in his. By the way, how and how quick like countdown that if he's if he's dating KK. Yeah, like you keep saying that. You're acting like they're already dating. They had one interaction at a party, and all of a sudden they're dating. How quick till he starts showing up with tattoos all over his body? Oh my gosh, Ta- Tom Brady's not putting a single tattoo on his body. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, what are the odds in Vegas on that? I'll take. I'll take the he gets one. You watch. Are we ready to move on yet? Yes, we are. Um, Tino said, "What are the odds the Bucks get another running back, a veteran, before the start of the season? White is good, but you need a dominant running back duo." What happens if White gets hurt? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a real concern. I do think there's a possibility because that's you know they've at, they added Fournette close to a training camp right uh, when they when they got him. There's a lot of really good ones out on the market that are probably waiting to get paid, and as soon as they realize yeah, they're not going to get paid, a lot of paid, old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know we don't need a guy to come in here and tote it 25 times. We just need a guy I to come in here. I think they're okay. I think they're okay. I, I mean, I told you, I like Chase Edmonds. I think Sean Tucker's a wild card. And as much as I'm, I'm waiting and seeing on Keyshawn Vaughn as we go into his fourth season, I mean, Canales has talked him up. He's really talked him up. It almost sounds like I wouldn't be surprised if Keyshawn's running back too behind Rashad White over Chase Edmonds. It kind of sounds that way. 
I agree. No, I expect him to be. I expect Keyshawn to be running back too. But I, I but I think Rashad White's. I think he's a bell cow this year for the for the Bucks. I really do. I think yeah. he's a twenty to twenty five touch guy. I think his point is correct. If if White gets hurt, see, because you you got four running backs there. You name four running backs. One hasn't been cleared yet for his heart surgery. Right, Sean Tucker. Well, running backs though are issue. running backs are so you can find a running back throughout the middle of the season at any point. Yeah, and exactly. you'll and they'll before you know it there'll be a fantasy football wire waiver wire pickup of the week. Right, yeah, I, I, I think I that's agree. something you address like in that moment. I don't know if you need to go all out and and spend any more money that you really don't have to to bring a veteran in. I think they're okay for now. Yeah. Um, oh, back to the um, uh, yeah, and, and we'll talk a little bit more bucks in the next segment, uh, Tino. So stay stay tuned for that. We'll get to all that stuff. So I want to get to a couple other things. Um, while we're on the TMZ, the Wimbayana Brady uh, uh, Britney Spears altercation in Vegas where I just was in Vegas uh, she tra- she sees him in a restaurant tries to go up and tap him on the, on the back and security told um, Wimbayana just hey keep walking if somebody talks to you just keep walking don't stop just let's get out of here and she comes up of course because she's Britney Spears and she's going to tap him on the shoulder and she gets backhanded in the face and now she's all upset she wants an apology from Wimbayana and also wants an apology from the restaurant and the free world. Um, sorry, Britt, but uh, don't think that's coming. It, listen, I, nobody wants anybody to be physically hurt. Obviously, she's not she's not hurt, but in that situation, you're going to try to come up on somebody who's got security all around them, and you're going to physically touch them. I don't care who you are. You're going to get. There's going to be consequences. So I, I you know, people people may be uh, going crazy about this, but sorry, Brett, you, you don't want people doing it when you're walking through the restaurant. You want some dude coming up and grabbing you from behind? Well, maybe she does, depending on who it is. See my but, face uh, right now. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about this story. You're not, you're not, you're not jazzed about it at all. No, I, I want my football back. I want my football back. The fact that I was watching ESPN yesterday and this was a story that they were talking about on ESPN hurts my soul. It hurts my soul. First of all, my only Tino comment... Was with you, <coughs> leave Brady alone. He was an awesome side piece for us. Now move... Yes, we move on. We move on. Exactly. I don't care what he does. He was our side piece. I don't care what I've he never, does. I've never really heard it called that. But well, I was, but I was going to point out, my only comment I'll make on the Wimbayama thing, which is just bizarre... Do you think Victor Wembayama has any idea what Britney Spears looks like? No. No. He didn't even, like, judging from the interview I saw today, he didn't even know who she is. How old is is Victor? He just said somebody. How old is Victor? Somebody came up and Victor Wembayama. Victor Wembayama is 19 years old. He was born in 2004, and he was born in France to boot. Okay? He, he... Britney Spears was out of her prime in 2004. Okay, we were already past the Britney Spears. He's not a big fan of Hit Me Baby One More Time. I, I don't think he's ever heard that song. I'm going to go on a limb. Okay, so yeah, from his perspective, some rando is, is trying to touch him. Yeah, so right. I have no, again. How about this story? I almost, this, had an ace. I almost had an ace at 13 the other day. I sent you the video and uh, at Palmasia. 185. Well, 175, playing 185 into a stiff wind. Oh, stiff. Never never left the five iron, never left the pin. Somehow, 
ends up on the other side of the pin. I haven't even posted this, but I'll post the picture of the video. On the other, like an inch away. Had to hit the stick at a slow speed and still didn't go in. It would have been my third, but my first over 135 yards. So. Ooh. Well, I already I have you beat already there. My one and only hole in one, the only one I'll ever have, was a was 175 yard par three. That's so I legit. Got you, I got you beat right there. That's legit. Yeah, I've got two, but I'm not. I, they're legit. I mean, 135, 140. That's legit. Yeah. But 185. Now that's legit. That's 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 a real hole in one right there. Um, all right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back on the other side, and we're gonna talk some Buccaneer football. We're gonna. Preview this year's team. Any questions you have, bring them on. Uh, we want your best moments, your worst moments, your favorite players. On any Bucks conversation you want to bring to the, to the table, we're going to do it in our next hour. Quick break. Stay with us here on the J.P. Peterson Show. Brought to you by the great folks at Extravaganza Productions. you got a big event, a small event, any event, a birthday, corporate outing, whatever it is, Extravaganza Productions will make it feel and look big. They are the best. I've worked with them on big projects, the small projects. Paul Thomason and his team are fantastic. Check them out at extravaganzaproductions.com. Get a free creative session with them so they can dazzle you with all the incredible things that they can do. Just tell them JP sent you. That's extravaganzaproductions.com. Back in three. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go! Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome into another special theme show edition of the J.P. Peterson Show as we're going to talk some Buccaneer football here for this entire hour. We're going to look back at some of the history, the games uh, I've personally been able to cover, and this will be my 26th year covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about that? Um, some of the games that you guys have witnessed and will never forget. So fill up the comments here if you'd like to, if you're watching the live show, if you're listening to this on uh, on podcast, obviously you won't be able to participate, but throw in uh, your your comments and questions. We'll talk about this year's team. Then we'll get to some of the history of it. Sam Ali is going to join us from the Loose Cannons podcast. We'll get his take, uh, longtime Buccaneer fan, and uh, have some fun with this hour of the show. So it's it's the middle of summer. Why not talk some Bucks football and relive some of these uh, great memories? And um, Nick, you grew up here. I didn't grow up here. I grew up a Miami Dolphin fan. So in my gut, you know, the perfect season, growing up in Hollywood, Florida, that's where my emotional ties started in football. You know, I could still name the entire starting uh, 22 and go pretty deep on the roster for that that perfect team, that 17-0 team. Um so I know what that feels like as a football fan, but I don't know it from a Buccaneer standpoint. You do, right? That's this is. Your, what are your first memories of of the Buccaneers? Well, I was three years old when they won that Super Bowl in two thousand two. So my my memories are very faint there. Do you remember it all? Do you remember like the family watching it or anything? Yeah, yeah. We we were all together, and I kind of remember like like literally. I have like one like visual in my head of like standing in front of the TV. And that's pretty much it. My my like recollection of being a Bucks fan comes around the era of the the Brian Greasies and the Chris Sims and the Bruce Gradkowskis and the Tim Mertes and the Jeff Garcias, which was a good spot. But that's kind of yeah. where I I remember. And the O five the O five playoff game I want to say was against the the then Redskins. Yes, I think that was like the first like real Bucks game that I can remember. At that point, I think I was like six or seven years old. So I think it kind of starts there in 05 and kind of goes beyond. So if you can imagine, I've been a long-suffering Bucks fan up yes. until these last uh, three seasons, and I'm always prepared and ready to, to suffer again because that has just <laughs> become life as a Bucks fan, as many of us know. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have to, to be, be that way. way. I hope yeah. we can get on the uh, – I hope that this winning, these winning ways stay put for now. And we won't be a, a disaster of an organization like we were for the previous 15 years, my entire fandom. Uh, but, yeah, I'm still diehard today. Glad that we get to be a part of a, a little bit closer to the team now, obviously being on this show and in this business. So, yeah, I think that's where it starts, the 05 to kind of where we are now. Yeah, you know, and, of course, uh, as Thomas uh, says, we uh, we get the, the oh, the creamsicle reveal is yeah, July 12th. Yeah, they just put out a nice little video the Tampa Bay Bucks did on Twitter with a little, uh, it's a little 12-second video, and it looks like July 12th is going to be the reveal. 
Hmm, interesting. We've already seen a little bit of a um And Ronde's in leak. the Ronde's in this video, by the way. Oh, of course. The guy who you told me doesn't even like the cream sickle. I, I don't think he does. I I'm not I gotta I'll double check that, but um yeah, I don't I don't think if you're a player, come on. Why do you want to play in those pastel jerseys? They're just so this is why I, I understand the nostalgia. I get it, I get it, I get it. But from an outsider standpoint, we laughed as a Dolphin fan, and we had our pastel aquamarine jerseys too, but aqua is a little bit better. I don't know. The, the, those, Dolph, those classic Dolphin uniforms were pretty good. The all-whites with, you know, Larry Zonka, 39, with, with the freaking like bar on his nose that he broke like 15 times, carrying a ball like this, just running down the field, just trucking people. You know, that was – that was the that was the uh, the brand of the team. I mean, they, they they were physical football players, and even when they got the, the you know there was a darker aquamarine you know kind of kind of jersey, so it wasn't like the pastel bucks. But we we laughed at the bucks. We we're like, look at those jerseys, look at those things. Those are ridiculous, and they're zero and twenty six. They're terrible. It's only like, because they it's, it's, off. it's the only reason why it has the stigma is because they lost in them so much. Right. That's but really they it. Also, but they also won. I mean, three years after. Being an expansion team, they went to the NFC Championship game. They damn right. near made it to the Super Bowl. Right. People forget that. They only remember the 0-26. But those, that team, that Leroy Selman-led team, was pretty damn good well, with, with James Wilder and Jimmy Giles. Doug Williams to, Doug and Williams? some others. Yeah. No, I think if, you don't, if you're not a creamsicle fan, I think you that have to admit would. at least Bucko Bruce is an elite logo. Yeah. If yeah. you don't like the creamsicles, fine. I understand it's divisive. But if you don't like Bucko Bruce, then I can't be friends with you. This um, uh, this girl at Hat Tricks yesterday, we were uh, having a couple beers, and uh, the waitress had an old school uh, Buccaneers um, uh, with with the pirate on it, Bucko Bruce, and it was it was a classic. I mean, I think that T-shirt was like twenty years old. She said, "Yeah, we uh, the owner has a, a bunch of T-shirts up there that we're allowed to you know pick out of the out of the out of the bag." And, uh, and that's Steve, the owner over at Hat Tricks. He's got all the you know, and he had this old creamsicle. Said that shirt. That shirt's a classic, that one. And that looked good. That old Bucko Bruce, yeah. I, I like that. I like I like it as like a fan accoutrement. But as a as a jersey. But I you know, I'll get on the bandwagon. I do have like I said, I have my Ronde Bucks jersey that's a creamsicle one. And that is one of my prized possessions. I don't know where you can find one of those anymore. Yeah, I think I think they look cool. Like for fans to wear. I, I, you know, and celebrate and do it one time. I'm all good with it. But if y'all want to bring them back for good, no. Yeah, pewter, I'll stick with the pewter in red. That's why. And I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Why oh, do you think Brady Brady, Brady Brady did not did not want to put those on? I'm telling you. That's why we had to wait till he left. He didn't want. He, I guarantee you. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, Tom, we're going to bring back the cream sugar." I'm not putting that on. I'm not putting that curse thing on. Hell no. Not wearing it. I guarantee you he said that. Anyway. Um, so let's get back into it. Let's get back into it. So I started covering this team in 97 when I came here to work for uh, WTOG, the old Channel 44, the 10 o'clock news, working with Beasley Reese, former Buccaneer. Um, so that was kind of my first taste into – and, of course, 97 was the year it all turned around. So clearly it was about me. Um in my good fortune. But that was the first year that they turned it around. And it's one of my top moments because that was the first NFL playoff game 
that I got to cover. And it's it's one of my top five moments. The year that they went, the, the member of the Lions came to the old sombrero, the last year of the old sombrero, and Mike Allstott, uh, the third quarter, uh, takes the football and runs 31 yards and puts the uh, Bucks up 20 to nothing. The place was going bananas. They end up winning the game 20 to 10. Um, it was um, actually, as I'm looking at the um, the box score here, I didn't realize this. That day, it was 49 degrees, relative humidity of 69%. It was a chilly day, um, and the the the, uh, the Buccaneers were favored by three, and they beat the Lions 20 to 10. Scott Mitchell started the game. Frank Reich came in for Detroit in the second half and tried to rally him. But they beat up Scott Mitchell. He was 10 of 25, threw a pick, um, had a 31.7 rating. And the defense, Tayoka Jackson and uh, who else? Uh, Chidi Ahanatu had sacks. And um, Anthony Parker had a 19-yard uh, interception return. So the Bucks defense, Tony, Tony Dungy, turned up, turned up the heat. On a 49-degree day at Hands Stadium, by the way. Remember that? Houlihan, you know, it was before you were born. Hands Stadium as uh, Tony Dungy's team. And the, and the Bucks get their first playoff win since 1979. That was the moment that the team started to run to the Super Bowl. Do you have any memories of that at all? No, you're recounting games that took place when I wasn't even born, J.P., but, you know, you've seen the highlights, I'm sure. Right? Uh, yeah, I've seen the highlights of that game you're talking about against Detroit, which, I mean, all I know really about those 90s Bucks teams is that Barry Sanders used to kill the Bucks every oh, yes. time they played it, every time he played them. That was kind of like the only thing I really know about the 90s Bucks, like kind of in full death. But like I said, my, my time as a Bucks fan is mostly filled with sad memories, except for the last three years. <laughs> so, I mean, just for me, I'll just tell you this. Like, just I know the game wasn't what we wanted, in 2020, the opener against New Orleans uh, in the Superdome, but just seeing Tom Brady walk out onto the field in a Bucks uniform was enough for that me. Was cool. I think that immediately at that point in time, that might have been my favorite Bucks moment right there because I had nothing yeah. from my 15 years previously of fandom to really point to. Just yeah. that moment of seeing it, and I think maybe when he had the quarterback sneak and then he spiked the ball and everything, that was great. Right, yeah. I think that was probably like if you're if we're doing this list throughout this show today, I think most of my memories, I think four of the five, I think are probably going to be built from the twenty and twenty one seasons. Wow, honestly. Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Samar Ali is going to join us from the Loose Cannons podcast. We're going to get his thoughts on his best memories, worst memories, favorite players as we uh, delve into Bucks history and current Buccaneers team. When we come back, quick break. Thanks to the Jeeves Law Group, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, and American Mortgage Services for their great sponsorships. Back in three on our Buccaneer special. Coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients, but it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa. And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events. The biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events. The Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is Fan Stream Sports with JP. 
All right, welcome back to a special edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here. It's all Buccaneers. Uh, and during this show, we're going to talk about the past, the present, have some fun with this, and who better to have on than our good friend, Samer Ali from the Loose Cannons Podcast. What's up, my friend? How you doing, Samer? What's up, guys? How you doing, man? We are good. We are good. Hey, before we jump into all the really, really fun stuff, let's start with this fun stuff. Tell us about... Uh, the trip you got planned uh, for Buccaneer fans to go on. This is an awesome road trip you guys got hooked up, and I highly endorse every Buccaneer fan to jump on this uh, this plane, train, automobile, whatever the hell you got going. Tell us all about it. So what we put together over the last few years is what we consider the best and the probably the only real way to experience a Bucks road game, and that's with our VIP experience. What we do is we provide – literally every part of the trip except for airfare because it's impossible to logistically put all that together with different places people leave from and timing and all that so aside from airfare so we just tell you get your butts there we take care of everything else when i say everything else four or five star vip hotel experience this year we're in appleton for this green bay game and we're staying at the same hotel that the team will be staying at. That means you have a chance to possibly be stuck in an elevator with Mike Evans. Or probably a little bit else more, a little less comfortable would probably be an elevator with Vita Vea. But nonetheless, awesome story to tell later, right? So we take care of the hotel. As many people as you want per room, obviously legally. Um, but then we also take care of, if you buy a three-day trip with us, then we also take care of a free stadium tour on Saturday morning with the entire nice. group. On top of that, Saturday night VIP party. That means we take care of food, drinks, and we bring in a special guest. Last year, Jason Light, John Spitek, and Warren Sapp party with us for three hours. Wings, Come on. drinks. It was unbelievable. It was in Dallas. It was the coolest experience. We have fans crying because they got to meet Warren Sapp, who they watched their entire <laughs> fandom as children, as teens. That like It was an amazing experience. It was awesome. That's included. Then we take care of your Sunday all-inclusive tailgate. All you can eat, all you can drink, hosted by the best uh, tailgate for for that fan group that were there. So this year it'll be the Green Bay Packers. Unbelievable five minute walk across the street from the stadium. So you're going to enjoy that, and then we take care of lower bowl tickets to the game. We said, you know what? It, it, like we're going to be crossing off items on bucket list this year because the yes. only way to experience Lambeau Field is how in the frozen tundra the ice the snow all of it December that's the only way to cross Lambeau off your list Absolutely. so that's what we put together so you get the lower bowl ticket you get the entire experience and you get to hang out with the three of us stooges the entire time so you meet, <laughs> you actually get to realize that what we do on camera is real that's genuinely how our dynamic works together it's always fun and the friendships that we create from these trips are unmatched. We have people that are now best friends because of these trips that we've done. We've done Dallas. We've done Pittsburgh. We've done Atlanta. We've done the L.A. Rams, brand new stadium. These are unbelievable trips. And this year, it's as little as like $595 a person. That's everything included That's other true. than airfare. We take care of the bus ride from Appleton to Green Bay for the tailgate. We take care. Like It's an unbelievable, unmatched VIP experience. A nice hotel. I'm bougie, you know that JP. I can't yeah, just stay in a Motel Six. I gotta, I gotta oh, be yeah. on like a my my, my mattress, my thread. They gotta be. It's gotta have gold fibers. Like so, I'm gonna <laughs> pick a nice place to stay. So that whole trip, all inclusive. Check it out on BucksAwayGames.com or LooseCannonsTravel.com. Go through all the the details on there. We try our best to keep things kind of close to the vest so that it's a very exclusive event for the people who pay to be part of this experience. So we don't really release all the details, but we tell you what you're going to get. And of course, like every other trip, you get a commemorative T-shirt, a swag bag of a loose cannon's flag, 
loose cannons towel we send out patches a ton of cool stuff this is a cold weather game the first of our yeah. our since we've done this so you're probably going to get a cool scarf uh maybe a beanie scarf. some cool stuff like nice. that so yeah. it'll be really really cool um we've seen an amazing response to this we're like over 30 some travelers already and we've only been doing it for like a week right now promoting how many it. So, openings are there how many openings there's have? no max there's really no max we just have a cutoff date to make sure that we get everything set up with the rooms and things of that nature but we i mean this is what's so cool about this year is that this is literally a week before Christmas. So it's the greatest Christmas gift you could give your spouse or your, you know, oh God, or a family member. Bucks? That's nothing. It's you dude, it's unbelievable. Wow. It's you travel in a group of four, dude. It's it's so much fun and you'll end up meeting people and it, it's really really cool and and we have a lot of fun doing it because we li literally I have best friends now from these trips and uh, it's really cool. So check it out bucksawaygames.com. Um, I guarantee you the people who have gone with us will tell you there's a reason that they bought back and they've traveled with us multiple times after their first experience. This is the only way to do away games for a Bucks fan. And, and when we're, we're talking about memories here. One of my greatest memories, um, I talked about the uh, the Bucks pack or the Bucks Lions uh, game um, way back. God, uh, that was 1997. But I also went up there for the Green Bay Buccaneers yep. playoff game, the Warren Sapp versus. Uh, Brett mm -hmm. Favre game. Uh, honestly, the you know speaking of Sap, the best I think it was the best game I've ever seen a defensive tackle play in yeah. NFL football. I've never seen a defensive tackle dominate a game like that because it's hard to. It's hard to as a tackle. You start, you know, you get a couple sacks, they double and triple team you, they take you out of the game. Didn't matter what you did. He was unblockable that day. Uh, the Bucks didn't win, but I, I experienced the best of Lambeau Field that day. We went out and did a bunch of stories out in the uh the tailgates and it was it was probably 15 20 degrees nobody cared nobody, nobody cared. cared play uh, all you just like uh, what i remember most is just seeing flags like packer flags everywhere across the parking lot and this like the smoke just billowing up you know from all the barbecues and everything else and the people yeah. could not have been more accommodating talk about great packer fans they don't they don't they don't it's not like philly where they spit on you and do that stuff. They're super they welcome, nice people. They welcome you in. Hey, come on in, blah, blah, blah. And they, they're really super nice people. And uh, it's just, it's the best experience. That day was one of my favorite days ever covering football. And it was, um, you know, the Bucks played well. They could have won that game. They could have won that game. But uh, Warren, Warren Sapp, I remember Warren Sapp and Jacquez Green, the only two reasons we were in that game. Like yes. it wasn't even, otherwise we would never even been in it. It was unbelievable. I mean, ah. Uh, we were so close yes. to. Uh, yeah. I remember that game, but yeah, it was good. And that was just the start of it. I think you know, obviously, yeah. ninety nine, they get ninety eight, they go eight and eight because I think they were reading all their press clippings that year. Come back in ninety nine, and that was the team Dungey said was his best team, that nineteen ninety nine team. They, but they lost their two tackles at the end of the year. Um, I think uh, it was a Gruber. It still was Gruber. No, maybe not Gruber. But um, uh, I Jason think it was Odom. Gruber. Jason Odom was one. That he lost, but lost both their offensive tackles. Couldn't score a lick, and uh, of course the Rams. That was a Super Bowl team. That was, was a Super Bowl team, JP. That was. Yeah. I mean, uh, you guys are talking about favorite moments, and top five moment for me is that divisional round of that season, the nineteen ninety nine divisional round. We were down thirteen zero to the Washington Redskins back then, led by Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, right? Yeah. We had Sean King stepping in for the inconsistent Trent Dilfer. We end up going down thirteen nothing. And on the back of Mike Allstott, and probably one of the greatest runs I've ever seen from for two yards uh, a yes. touchdown. It was yes. unbelievable. He made, like, I think everyone on the defense missed him at least once or twice. Yes. And then he ends up scoring. We take the – it was 
an unbelievable game, and we get to that 1999 NFC Championship game, and we fall one terrible referee decision from actually probably pulling off the upset, going to the Super Bowl. It would have been oh, we would have beaten the Titans. Oh, we would have beaten the Titans. Really crush them. No, I was at that game in St. Louis, and I was. It was very interesting. I was, um, you know, we come down from the press box, so we're down there and we're sitting in the tunnel where the the, the Bucks are coming at us, right? And there's mm-hmm. a tunnel. And we're watching out before we go out onto the field. So I'm watching it from as Sean is moving the team down the field. And, you know, and I, Bert, Bert Emanuel crosses like right in front of us, you know, he, to make that catch. And I remember, I could see it in my mind's eye right now, him laying out horizontal and cuts, clutching that ball. He had catch. the ball in his hands before he hit the ground. And, and, and he controlled the ball. That would have been a catch today. And, and, I, and, and this was in the beginning of replay. Nobody knew what was going on, Sammer. Nobody knew. Like there was this long delay, and we're all and we're all uh, looking at the replay. And some one of the press guy goes, "Oh, they're they're looking at this to see if it's a catch." And I'm like, "What? What are we talking about?" Like Nick, you don't rem- like there was actually football yeah. before replay, and so we're and this was like the first replay I remember ever affecting a game, and I was like, "What the f are they doing?" And then suddenly they're respotting the ball. And, and and you don't hear anything in the stadium. No. I mean, people at home may be watching it on TV and they may be explaining they, they weren't even explaining it at home. No, they weren't. And that's the first replay I saw that ever went over that 90-second uh, threshold yeah. they told us about all year yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they got 90 seconds. If they don't get it, then it just stays as called. And it, this went on for like three or four minutes, if you remember, JP. And it was like the most – I'm like, what are they doing? Literally, yeah. Nick, I, you don't know this, but that play changed the rule. That was the that was the Burt Emanuel rule. That changed because of Burt. I didn't know And that, that play. Wow. Yeah, that that literally changed the rule of how that catch would be would be judged from that point forward. So the the Bucks are huddling up on the like the twenty yard line. You know, it's eleven yeah. to six at this point. They they score tight. They're going to win the game, and they're at the twenty yard line, first and ten with I, I think what about forty five seconds left to go or something, and suddenly it's third and seventeen. You know, oh, it's actually fourth, fourth down. It, might, it was might fourth, fourth down. And 17. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they were like, they, what? What the f just happened? You know, that's why I like I hear y'all talk about like those like late 90 teams. And obviously, as I was telling JP, I wasn't obviously alive to see these teams. But, you know, the O2 team wins the Super Bowl. But the Bucks probably could have gotten back to what, two or three during that during that time. Oh, like, yeah. were there oh, some yeah. teams Nick, that, like I was going to say, like the O2 team won the Super Bowl. But would you say that some of those other teams were just as good as that O2 team? That 99 team could have won just on the oh. defense alone. That defense held teams, I think, in 10 games. Under ten points every week, like that was unheard of. Even now, obviously now it's unheard of, but back then, unbelievable. And the defensive tackle on that team won NFC, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year award. That's not that's not normal. Yeah, this isn't like Aaron Donald, you know, going against pass happy defenses or offenses. This was back then when everyone wanted to run the ball. We had Barry Sanders. I mean, this was an unbelievable team. They literally that was Tony Dungy's first Super Bowl team. He just yeah. didn't get them to that point. And it's just unfortunate because they really would have won that. They would have. They would have beat the Titans. I mean, yeah, JP yeah. knows it. We would have crushed. And the only reason we may have lost is Eddie George. But we, I think we faced him in '98, and he embarrassed us on Sunday Night Football the year before that. So the Bucks were in a habit. Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John. They don't forget those things. No. They made up for the Barry Sanders embarrassments <laughs> the year that 1997 year when they crushed him after he hit 2,000 yards the week before that in the NFC Wild Card. We crushed Barry. I think we held him like under 30 or 40 yards. Yeah. So we would have crushed Eddie George the same because those guys remembered those things. They took them. They put chips on their shoulders. That was the team. JP knows it. Like, that was the team that would have won the Super Bowl, the yeah, first eight, one. 
18 carries for 65 yards for Barry Sanders. Yeah, that's that not normal. That's, no, that's <laughs> not That is not Barry Sanders' numbers. You, if you go and you keep him under 80, you're usually happy back in those days. Yeah, no, no, no three yards a carry. We'll take that all day long. Absolutely. No, that was that was uh, one of one of my great memories. And and uh, you know, I've been known to to embrace a few conspiracy theories in my day. There's no way the NFL wanted that Buccaneers defense going up against the <laughs> Titans in the Super Bowl. No effing, they were not going to let the greatest show on turf not make it to the to the big game. That there was no way that was happening. That Ricky Prohl catch was less of a catch than the Bert Emanuel, the one that won the that won oh the game God. in the corner of the end zone. Um, it was a great catch, by the way. We, by Ricky we, we would have won that Super Bowl probably 9-6 to six oh or 9-3. to yeah. Three. Yeah. Like, no touchdowns would have been scored the entire game. It would have been the most boring, exciting Super Bowl ever probably. But I will say that that Ricky Prohl catch started a long list of Ricky Prohl. Like, just he, he tormented us after that moment. <laughs> he caught passes against us for every team he ever played for after that. Massive first downs on third downs that we needed. Like, almost like the, the, the Jake DeLome. Uh, curse that started when he completed a third yes. down yes. slant route at the end of a game when we knew we had to stop him to get the ball back and then that was when he was a saint by the way so he started as a saint and that carried over became a panther and i don't think he lost to us more than twice his entire career after that and, yeah and ricky pro was a panther who caught a pass against us to win a game as well yes that's <laughs> I mean, right that's right so it, it comes your together rec- your recall of bucks history is ridiculous ridiculous thanks uh, you, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous, and that's why you know, as you tweeted out, I don't know what a raise is. I have no, re- you have no other interest in your life except the Buccaneers. That's it. That's all you have. I have other interests, but uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a baseball guy. I just can't watch something that's so. I know they made this the game faster now, but still, it's just so yeah, monotonous. And there's like a it. thousand games a season. How does any game matter at that point? And then I saw the other day one guy missing games because he has a blister. I'm like, what? Tell that to a hockey player. Tell a hockey player, hey, you got a blister, we're going to sit you for a few. That's and, not and, and it's the player that's about to get like a $600 million deal, by the way. It's not <laughs> just... I, I know. It's like the new the new version of, of, of Babe Ruth, apparently. Oh, my God. It's like, so I play true. with that guy on, on MLB The Show or whatever it's called, the, the video game. Yeah. I'm like striking guys out and hitting home runs and grand slams with this dude. I'm like, what, what are we doing here? This guy's a cheat code. But have you guys, do you get into the lightning, though? Because I know, like, obviously, oh, like, a lot of people well, get into that here now. I love so I've gotten into them over the last five, six, seven years, and I will say from the very first game I went to even ten years ago, it's the most fun you will have at a live sporting event. I've been to NBA games, NFL games, uh, college football's right there under it, but the excitement you get just going to a regular season hockey game is unmatched. And then when the Lightning are winning, and it's just it's crazy. My son, when he was I think seven. I took him to his first sporting event ever, and it was the Eastern Conference Finals against the um, New York Rangers. And they won that game. They scored like five, six goals. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I don't think you understand how, how spoiled you are, kid, because this is yeah, the exactly. great, like, this is not normal what you're getting to do here. But they're unmatched, and there's just so much fun to go to. And, like, uh, I'm thinking of becoming a season ticket holder next season just because of how much fun you get to go to. Those games are just so, like, you could go to any hockey game. It doesn't need to yeah. be the Lightning. They're always exciting and fun. Um, there's little to no downtime. It's it's seriously, it's the best sporting event you'll go to live, uh, in my experience. Forty one games is a lot, um, and, and so I tell everybody, you know, it's a lot of money, number one, and it's a lot of time commitment, especially because I'll have four and five game 
home stands. You split them with a buddy. It's just it's perfect. You know, it's yeah. absolutely perfect. Then the cost comes down. You can't go to. And if you want to go to the games together, you guys can do that. It's it's a really good situation. But um, but back to the Buccaneers. And you know, we we talk so much about the Rondé pick being the being the the ultimate moment. And I'm not. I'm never going to argue with that. I was there in, in, in Philadelphia for that, and it was. You know, it was not only the, one of the greatest Buccaneer moments, one of the greatest plays I've ever seen, and it's just a, such a demarcation for Bucks fans, right? Like that was the moment we knew we were going to the Super Bowl, and we, you know that team was just not going to be denied. It was just not going to be denied. Is that is that your top moment? If you had to rank the top five, Sam, or is that easily. your top five? It's easily the top moment. I, people keep trying to slide that Scotty Miller touchdown before halftime against the Green Bay Packers into that, and like no. That wasn't the NFC Championship game. No offense to Scotty. And that wasn't the determining factor in, like, sealing the deal, closing the door. Um, that play didn't make me cry. Rondé Barber, that play made me cry, okay? That's, that was unmatched. It was un- when that pick happened, we knew we were going to win the Super Bowl. Not only did we know we were going to this, we were going to win the Super Bowl. That was the team that we just couldn't get past. The team that tormented us. We would even that game. It started out like, oh crap, here we here we go again. They do Staley rips off a twenty-two yard run right off the bat after they get a turnover, and it's like, oh man, or not turnover that that ridiculous kick return to start the kick game. Return. Yeah, they really oh, and I'm like, I'm like, shit, dude. Here we go again. We're gonna lose this game again. Something always goes wrong. But then Rondé. From that point forward, played probably the best game of his entire life. And not only that, one of the best cornerback games in the playoffs ever in the history of the NFL. Go back, watch that game. You'll get goosebumps throughout the game. He was everywhere. He was literally everywhere. He looked like he was playing safety, linebacker, and corner the entire afternoon. He was unreal. And yes, when I'm, I'm going to have goosebumps right now. I could probably cry if I watch the video one more time. That is easily, <laughs> easily the number one play in Bucks history. It's not even close. Love, There's a I reason he's hanging funny. behind me here. There's yeah. a reason that that guy signed the hood of my car. And I'm going to remove the actual hood <laughs> and hang it up in my house before I give the car back. Because it's a lease. Before I give the car back. I'm going to replace that hood without telling them. Because that's how important that guy is. To, oh, yeah. to, like he's, he's I, I, don't, I don't like to say he's the best Buck ever. But he's my favorite book ever because he's the first one I got to see from draft all the way through to the end of his career as a book. I, I, I didn't see Warren Sapp get drafted. I was too young. I didn't see Derek Brooks get drafted. But I saw Rondi start to finish. So that's why he's my favorite book player. But he's easily top three, obviously. I've covered three three plays like this um, that, w- that were on the road for the team that were just absolute historical moments. Um, at Florida Field... The Warwick Dunn down the sideline uh, oh, in '93, yeah. where the place is going bananas, and then it's just quiet. Same thing in Philadelphia, you know, the, because the Bucks were kicking their ass. But Donovan McNabb's bringing them. They score there; they're within a score uh, of the game, and they were getting their ass kicked the whole game. And and so it was tense, and that vet was going bananas. It was so freaking loud. And as soon as Rondy, and then you see the streak going the other way, it was like. And you just hear this little isolated cheering as he's running down the sideline, yeah. and then to some pockets of Buck fans that are cheering. And then uh, the other one was Marty St. Louis in double overtime in Calgary. That place was going crazy, and he scores, and it's just like hush, the good years. hush. But those 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 moments are just so when you're in that in the building for that, it's such a weird feeling because the energy just goes. It's like. It's literally like a sinkhole of energy. It just goes right out of the building. 
everyone's heart drops at the exact yeah. same time. It feels like, yeah. And, yeah. and it, it, I don't know, Nick, if you saw that game, but um, leading up to that game, uh, I believe uh, what's his name, um, uh, Joe Jurovicious's yeah. wife gives birth to a child. He's going to, like it's a life or death scenario. He misses practice the entire week. He shows up for the game, and the and there's a lot of emotion tied to it all. And then the fans for the Eagles are holding up like they have these baby dolls stringed up by sticks, and they're dangling them. With Joe Jervis's numbers on him. Like, it's like Sick. they take it a bit too far, right? And so that's happening. They're rocking when they get that first touchdown off that ridiculous kick return, then the, you know, coinciding run by Deuce Staley. And it's like popping off in there. And then his play on that little slant uh, crossing route that ends up going all the way to, I think, like the five or six yard line. Yeah. Run, Joe, that, run. Everyone shut the hell up in there. And everyone's like, and for it to be so poetic, to be the guy that they were just mocking. He turned and the his, game. I, yeah. It, it changed the entire game. I know. That was actually what I was about to ask you was that play. Because I feel like that one gets lost sometimes a little bit because the Ronde, I mean, obviously that overshadowed everything. But that slant to Joe Jervicious, and I know you watch these documentaries and they put the music behind it and it becomes so dramatized. And I was going to ask you that, like, in the moment when you see that play, did you know, like, holy crap, like, that was such a big deal, kind of like the yeah. Ronde play? I was jumping up and down. I was running with Joe throughout the house. I was like, well, I thought we were going to score. And I'm like, God damn, he's so slow. He's so slow. <laughs> Just get to the end zone. Get to, and he got an amazing block right after he caught that pass. Yeah. And and I think there's a two-point conversion at some point in that game by Keyshawn that's also a massive yeah. play because it extends the lead to, to to make it, you know, kind of push it a little bit Probably, out. Yeah. yeah, it makes it a little bit more difficult for the Eagles to come back. But that play by Joe, I would rank that higher than Scotty Miller's touchdown against the Packers. Yeah, I know yeah. people get emotionally invested in that play with Scotty and all that, but listen, we were going to win that game anyway. Mike Evans had the – he was the MVP that game in the first quarter. He had two touchdowns. He was unstoppable against their best corners. They kept telling us all week long against the Packers. Right. But that Joe Jervish play – Massive and the dr that dramatic music, Nick. It played in all of our minds. We all heard it in that moment. Yeah, like in the even like the the Gene Deckerhoff call. Like to me, the Ronde play is not the Ronde play without the Gene Deckerhoff call. Like yeah. I can't watch it. I can't watch the TV the TV broadcast of that where it's just Joe Buck kind of you know doing his monotone thing throughout. It doesn't Lays do out. it justice. Yeah. The yeah. same thing when when Joe's going down the sideline and Gene Deckerhoff's like, "You go, Joe. You go, Joe." I've never seen Joe run that fast before. Like it just makes it so much bigger. Joe, yeah. Joe Buck, I think, had money on the Eagles winning that game, and I <laughs> and I think Troy Aikman was still like a little bit, you know, he was a little bit lubed up uh, at that point in the game, so he wasn't really there. I don't know if you remember watching Troy was um, he wasn't all there when he yeah. was doing games at the beginning of Fox his career with yeah, Fox. I think but you're right, I think you're right. right but nonetheless, take... that play was massive. Yes. Let, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get your, your top five moments and top five players. And if you want to do some worst five, you can do that as well. Um, we'll run through those. Um, it's, it's, it's all Buccaneers here in our theme show, Buccaneers past and present. And we'll talk a little bit about this year's team, what you think uh, about this. I, I'm bullish on this team. I like this team. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl, but they ain't the second worst team in the league. I'll tell you that right now. So quick break. More with Samurai Ali from Blues Cannons when we come back. Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by. 
never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fanstream Sports. All right, welcome back to our special edition Buccaneers special here with Samurai Lee of the Loose Cannons podcast. Dick Gettis as well, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group. If you have any issues in the legal world, Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. And Bay Area Modern Medical Center for testosterone replacement therapy or just want to get in better shape, feel good. It's Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C. Um, all right, Sammer, I'll just go, I'll start off with my favorite top five Buccaneers in no particular order. Um, so my top five are Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, Leroy Selman, John Lynch, and Mike Evans. Yes, there is an omission. I get it. That's just mine. Just mind, you know, having to cover Warren Sapp for as long as I did and get my my shoes spit on after every game as he laid down his little towel in front of me and put his dip in and everything else. I understand. And you said, you know, everybody, Warren Sapp made a lot of people cry uh, at your event. I saw him make a lot of people cry. Many, many fans cry. 
for different I've, reasons. I've heard it, yeah. I mean, so, I'm even I've had my run-ins. Support. From on the field, top five, no question. But since it's mine, I'm going to put somebody else in there. So, so that's me. I've had I've had my back and forth with Warren. I think we're good now, but um, <laughs> I, I will say this: if I am basing this strictly on the field, which that's how I view mine, yeah. uh, like you know, I don't expect every guy that I'm going to root for in any sport to be this amazing human being all the time. It's just a, I think Derek Brooks and Leroy Selman; those guys kind of spoiled Bucks fans to right. to an extent. I mean, I feel like. Humans are humans, so you know you can't expect them to all be Derek Brooks. So, with that being said, no particular order. I thought we would have to do an order, but no particular order. It'd be Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, Mike Evans, obviously, and I can't put Tom in there. I'm sorry, he hasn't been here long enough. I just I, I know what he did, but I'm not that guy. Like LeBron comes over to the Lakers, plays for five years, greatest Laker of all time. No, no, go to hell. That's not how it works. No. You got to be here. You can't <laughs> just agree. show up. And become the be a like, side piece. A yeah, mercenary. that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't like that. You're not going to ride in the sidecar and then tell me that you drove the heart. No, that's not how it works. It's it's not how – no. And I know I left John Lynch off of there, and people don't like that. I left Mike Allside off of there. But my fifth one would be Leroy Selman. I didn't get to see him play. I've seen the highlights, but I've heard so much about how he was, like, the guy who changed things. And he's the first Hall of Famer that this team's ever had. So he's got to be in the top five. But Mike Evans is making a – a push to be maybe the greatest buck of all time, easily yeah. the greatest offensive player this team has ever seen, ever. And it's, I don't seem slow. I mean, he's done it with Mike Glennon and Josh McCown. <laughs> right. What are we talking about here? Come on. James, what are we talking about? <laughs> and James Winston, uh, who will pad your stats, no doubt. He's that you know that your intercept, his interceptions don't go mm-hmm. on your stats, so. Jameis was player. great for Mike. Jameis yeah, was great was. for Mike. He was. He was like Fantastic. he was. He was like his Benjamin from 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 FSU. He just throw the ball as anywhere near this guy's massive like ten foot arm reach, and just he'll just throw it he'll to get him fifteen the ball. times a game, and good things are going to happen. Yeah. Unless it's a comeback or an out, um, then don't do that. Yeah. Jameis still did. Obviously, if you remember the Carolina Panthers game yeah. in London, that was absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, he Jameis was great for Mike. That's yeah. why they were good friends, man. They're still best too. friends, I think, to this day. Yeah, I was gonna say for my top five, like I don't think anybody's disputing like the Brooks, Sap, Barber. Like that was my three. That was my one, two, three right there. I'm honestly like, with all due respect to Leroy Selman, because it was so long ago away from my fandom. It's fine. I'm it's gonna, your list. Uh, this is my list. I'm gonna leave him off for now, just because I didn't see him with my two eyes. I think that's fair. That's a my fair. my fourth one. I'll put. I'll go ahead and put Mike. My fifth one, and I'm still leaving John Lynch off this list, by the way, because I will go to bat for Levante David. Every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I think the guy has been robbed of accolades throughout his entire career for having just as good of a career, if not better, especially statistically, than the Luke Keekleys and the Bobby Wagners of the world who were going to throw into the Hall of Fame first ballot. But Levante David's probably never going to get a look. But again, for my fandom, he was like the first great player for the Bucks that I recall draft to be still being here 12, 13 years later. And I don't see any drop-off in his game. Glad that he's going to retire as a Buck. So I'll put him on my fifth list. I think Levante, I can make a case, was the best linebacker in the league for what he did for a few years. And when I hear people talk about John Lynch, he had, like, the Pro Bowls and stuff that stacked up. But a lot of people tell me, like, okay, but he wasn't, like, the Brian Dawkins or some of these other safeties. So that's why I kind of put Levante over. Well, it's a little bit different. So back then, safety was especially John Lynch. Dawkins is kind of the same thing. Run support, crush you, and just make sure you didn't go across the middle and yeah, catch or come up healthy. Yeah. yeah, 
And so he was good at that, but he wasn't the best cover safety. Right. He wasn't the best in coverage. He had those like late game ceiling interceptions, but that was mostly because Warren Sapp was breathing down the quarterback's neck. At the end of the game, offensive linemen are tired. They're in a hurry-up offense. Warren Sapp kind of caused that. So I don't mean any disrespect to John Lewis. I've just never bought into, oh, he's one of the greatest safeties of all. I mean, maybe, but I can't say that. But also off that list, that well, I think one day, maybe the next 10 years, we're going to be talking about Tristan Wirth being oh, in, the, in the top five oh, yeah. list. Oh, like yeah. this guy, this guy's a hall. Of, he's on a hall of fame trajectory. He's the best tackle, in my opinion, in the entire league. Um, I know there's guys like uh, the the cat who plays for the Niners right now, who's I think better, obviously, because he's done it longer. But if Tristan does what he's doing and continues to do it, there, I mean, dude, we're talking hall of fame. We're talking top five buck. I mean, this guy's he comes in day one, he's a stud. It's like what? That's not that's not normal. It's not normal. Hey, I want to ask you real quick. Like, I don't want you to go through like your worst Bucks players of all time. I mean, we could spend hours on that one. But get, if you can pinpoint down to one player, and I know who mine is, pinpoint one player who just made you like just rip your drove hair. You like, who drove you the most nuts? Man, that's a hard. One. I'll, I'll tell you, mine right now. I'm coming to my head right now is Chris Conti. Yeah, I call him Chris Canty. I refuse to call him Conti because he can't do anything right when he's on the field. He was literally retired by a sniff arm. We never saw him again. That was it. That was was it. Not just retired. We didn't see his face, his body ever again. Not in the NFL, not in a post game. No, never. He's buried somewhere on that that 35-yard line under Raymond James. Vance McDonald. Vance Vance McDonald. Oh, my God. I remember watching that going, I remember watching that going, I was at that game. I was like, that didn't just happen right now. I'm like, you can't do that, Canty. You can't. Can't let that happen. No. Uh, man, honestly. Great guy, by the way. Chris got a great dude. Never, never met him. I don't know. I um, a super guy, but, man, that was that was, that was cringe. That, that's a tough one, Nick. Um, so this is not going to be popular. So I will say Kenyatta Walker drove me nuts because yeah. I didn't understand what he was doing out there the entire time. Um, somehow we went a Super Bowl with that guy on the offensive line, which made no sense. But – I. You know who drove me nuts, honestly, and it's not even a—it's not going to be a pop. It's Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy drove me nuts. Why? Because I didn't understand why he couldn't just hit that other level that was missing. And people don't like my take on Gerald. They think I take it personal. It's not personal. He's a great dude, awesome dude. The stuff he used to do when he was here, taking fans to the movie theaters and stuff like that. He was super cool. But there was just something there that just like, dude, you could be awesome. Go be awesome, and he just wouldn't be awesome for me. It just drove me nuts. I don't know. I, I, he's, I always, he's I always be in that supported him because I felt like he wasn't the problem. The rest of the team was such garbage. I just like, what yeah. can one man do? And I think after a while, you just as you you get you're the face of the organization. You, everything's losing. Everybody else around you is failing you. It's a team sport, you know. And he's got to sit up there and take all the questions and do all. I just think it just got to be too much of a burden on him, you know. And it's just you're out there busting your ass every day, getting double teamed, and you're just like, dude, could somebody score a touchdown? Could somebody help me out here? Could somebody get a pick? Anyone? Like, help, help well, me, please. I'll, the other I, side of the I coin there, though. The other side of the coin there was that he had moments where he's the leader on the defense, right? Levante was there with him too. Levante had no problem making plays, making splash plays. Doing his best. And so they're both on the same team that absolutely sucked most of the time. Right. Why couldn't I get a splash or a game-changing blitz? Was I holding him to a Warren Sapp standard? No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. part of the problem, too, because we wanted him to be Warren Sapp, and he just wasn't going to. But I personally didn't. I personally did I just wanted to see 
like, get this sack for me. Get this fourth down stop on fourth and one to end the game. And he, right. in almost every single one of those scenarios, I think in almost every one of those, he did not make that play. I didn't see him cause a game changing player or a game winning play. It's uh, maybe it's a lot to ask from a yeah, no, tackle, I, but I, I get it. You know who mine is? And it's recent. It's recent. Jalen Darden. That dude just would run for the sideline every freaking time. Like every freaking time. I never see anything like it. It, 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 uh, Dexter Jackson, the, not the bad one, the second round pick that Gruden loved oh, so much because Appalachian State, State, who ran oh. like you know a four two, and he went oh, and the guy that was like just so, that guy would run run away from contact every single time. But Jalen Darden took it to a new level, and and this and this team allowed him to for like a year and a half. The dude just ran to the sideline every time he got the ball. I'm like, will somebody get him off the field? Stop but, it! But, Don't but be JP. nuts. Up until he got released last season, he was actually getting a first down for you every time he touched the ball on a punt return. I don't care. Which is, I, I guess, what they told they coach you to do. Go get us a first care. down. This is Michael Clayton. I heard Michael Clayton go off about this once, and he you said, "Special you can't teams play coach, the game tell you to do running that. away from contact." I agree. Football for God's He's sake. He's gone. Punt returner. Thank but God. you know, you know who else I could consider the worst buck of all time? Calvin Johnson, because John Gruden did not draft him when he could have drafted him. <laughs> So he is one of the worst bucks of all time. I don't think it works that way. That's how it works. works We could have had Calvin Johnson, man. We could have had a lot of good players that we didn't take over the years. Come on. Um, All right, so finish your list. Uh, Give me your top five moments. Ooh, top five moments. Rondi and Philly. Here's mine. Rondi and Philly. Rondi and Philly. uh, Brady to Gronk in the Super Bowl. That, to me, was the moment, the underneath route. When he's, I'm like Brady to Gronk. That that to me encapsulated the whole Brady Gronk era. That was my moment in our stadium. I was like, we're gonna win this game. This is this is over. So I, that was a big moment for me. Um, like a, a play that nobody ever talks about. Derek's pick six in the Super Bowl because that's mm-hmm. what really sealed the game. That sealed like there was no coming back at that point. Not no no chance whatsoever. And it was Derek Brooks, and it was the Super Bowl, and it was a defensive play, and it was a defensive touchdown. So to me, that one really stands out. Um, the the Lions at the old Sombrero, Houlihan Stadium at that point, that yeah. was another big moment. And uh, I got to throw in, do you, do we can we count the Brady to Cam Brait Lombardi toss in the boat parade? Can we Absolutely. count that Why as, not? A, as a moment? That was a reception, was it not? It I mean, it doesn't go in the stats officially, but that was a reception. Over the middle, in dire situations, it was wet out there. Contested catch. Contested catch, clearly. A lot at stake. Brady was under a lot of duress, too. He was in the middle of the pot. I mean, he somehow gets the ball out. I mean, that was... He couldn't even walk. He somehow completed the pass. I mean, what? It was a moment. moment. I'm going to put it in the top five. It was a moment. What are are your top five? What do you got? Uh, So, Rondé... With that touch, with with the pick six, top moment. Um, another top moment, I would say, Sean King, Warwick Dunn, Monday Night Football Rams revenge game following that 1999 oh, season. Yes, handoff goes to to Warwick. He gets spun around, and and and, and that was such a just just an amazing amazing play. And how it works out, we get the first down. Another game, another play in that game. People don't talk much about is that Jacquez Green catch where he gets absolutely hammered on the sideline ends up being a catch yeah. somehow they give us that one um that one was a little bit closer i think than than, than burt um the other one the mike allsop play i talked about against washington that sends us to the 1999 nfc championship game yep um 
And then let me see. I, you can go do you guys remember? Do you guys remember 2002? Warren Sapp gets a strip sack on Mike Vick. Somehow ends up with the ball, pitches it to Derek yeah, Brooks, yeah. who yes. then lumbers down, yes. ends up getting getting a touchdown off of it. That was the year that Gurdon said, "You guys are a great defense, but I want to see an amazing defense start scoring some touchdowns for us." And that was one of the one of those touchdowns that we scored that season. And then uh, what? I, this is a play that just stuck in my mind. It might not be considered the greatest play of all time. Um, do you remember the first year we had Burt Emanuel? We had Trent Dilfer, we had Jacquez Green, and we played the Green Bay Packers on a Sunday night game. It was the monkey off my back game that Trent Hilfer called it. He hits like two crossing routes, almost like one possession and then the next position right yes, after it. One yes. to Jacquez, one to Burt Manuel. Same exact play, opposite sides. Yeah. They go like 60-something yards down the, down the middle of the field, score touchdowns. Huge games. I think that was the first game that Trent Hilfer rocked the, the um, the uh, what's his name? The guy who played for the Steelers. He worked for Fox forever. Bradshaw? Uh, he, he rocked the Bradshaw face mask that game because yes, everyone yeah, kept saying right. he's like the modern day Bradshaw just complete passes and let the guys do his job and that was the like epitome of Trent Dilfer's greatest moment was that just get the ball on this little three yard hit or three yard let slam route just let those yeah. guys go yeah that was a great moment for me I, I, I was a kid that was a big time I was like oh we finally beat the Packers 